0: following is a production of best in the world sports a division of definitive visions multimedia
1: We are back. I am on the line talking with my man, 50 Grand. He used to host Best in the World Sports Report with me. Now he is at Metro Philly. We're helping them out, and he's also running things at totalsportslive.com. Let's welcome in Javon Alford. Javon, what's going on, my friend?
2: Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks again for
1: having me on. Hey, look, man. I want to talk a little Sixers with you, your team, your town, your 76ers. 20-9 at... At the time that we are recording this uh, this podcast, at the time we were talking, they got 20 wins. First in the Atlantic Division, but yet people still seem to feel like they don't know who this team is. At this point, would you say, do you feel like this team has an identity problem?
2: Identity problem? No. I think, I think, I think, I think, think I Me, mean, you can agree Their Identity is they're going to try to, they're going, They're they're a defensive first team, like they're they're going to lock you down on the perimeter the best way you can, and create and sometimes try to create offense, you know, from their from their defense, which we've seen them do a lot this season. I think I think they're missing an offensive identity of what they want to be on offense. Do they want to throw to the ball? Do Joel Embiid or or are they playing through Ben Simmons? How how do they mesh in Al Horford and Josh Richardson? Tobias Harris, I think it's more so on the offensive end, which I think it, it's normal for them to have. It's normal for them to have, you know, those type of issues since we're only in December. You know, and these guys really around really haven't played together that long because of of injuries, suspensions, things like that. So, I think right now it's more so they can't figure them what they want to be on offense. So,
1: my question to you is, we're now, I mean this is still the middle towards the end of December. 30 games into the season. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, there have been injuries. There have been suspensions. Like, how is should their lack of chemistry and should their, I don't, it's, here's the problem. I don't want to necessarily say struggle offensively because mm-hmm. you're still talking about a team with 20, you know, with at least 20 wins. We're right. still talking about one of the best teams in the NBA right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but you you'd be naive not to notice that they're you know, that so, you know something's off. I'm not necessarily sure I would say something's wrong, but something's mm-hmm. off. Right? Like, how concerned should we be? Is this is this even a a a matter of concern? Should we be concerned, or should is is this a matter of hey man, just be patient, let this play out?
2: I am thinking more so in the line. Just be patient and just let it play out because we've seen in the games when this team is engaged, when they're engaged on both ends, they look phenomenal. But then there's days and games like, for example, you know, Wednesday night against the Miami Heat where they weren't really engaged. And a lot of people, I think probably a lot of people, you know, on people's social media timelines were kind of making the same point that they really weren't engaged in playing up to par until, you know, until that fourth quarter. Then they started playing and getting engaged. And by, engaging, then, it was too, you by know. then it
1: was almost too late. Well, I shouldn't say almost too right. exactly. late. It was too
2: late. But it's right, not, exactly. But here's the thing.
1: It's like, it's not like this has been a team that's beaten a bunch of cupcakes. You know, right. yes they yes they have lost two in a row. The Nets the the Nets loss was bad, but this is still a team that's now beaten Boston in Boston, beaten the Nuggets, beaten the Raptors, right. beaten the Pacers. You know they've beaten you know they've they beat the Heat. Yes, they mm-hmm. lost they they lost to the Heat. That was a you know, that was a bad loss because that was still a winnable game. They fell apart in the second quarter, but that was still a winnable game. In the end, you know, they in the at the end of that game, they were there. Right. But nonetheless, but you know, when they you, you know, you talked about when this team was engaged. This team was engaged when they beat the Heat by almost thirty points.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, excuse me, well really what was it? That was what forty points. They beat them almost, al- 40. almost forty points. So uh, I I feel like you know, and, and this is something I've said on the Eagles show. This is something I've said on other podcasts. You know, I I feel like in Philly there has been a lot of rush to to panic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like like people are rushing. People just want to panic. I don't understand this. You know, uh, earlier this week. You know, we're talking about uh, uh, Trey Burke. Went, you know, Did Trey Burke went out of town? And I guess his father had made some tweets or made some sort of post about, you know, getting his son out of town. And then Tylo Quinn liked it. Right. Next thing you know, you see a you're you're watching a press conference, w- or excuse me, uh, you're, you're seeing Kylo Quinn talk to reporters where he gets three questions about an Instagram post that he liked. And I'm sitting here like, these are the issues that dog a nine and twenty team, not a twenty right. and nine team. Right. You know, I like Trey Burke. I think Trey Burke you know, I, I, I would like to see more Trey Burke in my Sixers games. Mm-hmm. But the team is twenty and nine.
0: Right.
1: If you're unhappy, build a bridge and get over it. I could see yeah. I could see if this team was struggling. This team's struggling. Mm-hmm. This team's twenty and nine. You got a guy griping about playing time. Hey, man, maybe we should listen. Maybe there's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's what you do when you're nine and twenty. You're twenty and nine. Dudes griping. Shut up, bro. You know. Yeah. You know. It, yeah, it. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, am, am I wrong? Am I, am, am I off base?
2: No, you're not all base. I I kind of feel the same way. With, I feel the same way uh, like you, and I think there's a segment of Sixers fans that I think agree with us, and there's also a segment, like you said, that panic. I think there's some fans that for yeah, it's not a 16 game schedule like football. The yeah. 82 game season, there's peaks and valleys. There's it's, the season's not a sprint; it's a marathon. <laughs> you can't hold on to every loss like it's the end of the world. Like. They lost last night. Yeah, they weren't engaged. I'm pretty sure they're going to learn and they're not going to do it again. You know, you'd rather them be 20-9 and and, you know, in good standings, the standards and, you know, being at the bottom of the standards and figuring out, oh, my God, what's going on, you know, with this team. Like, I think people got to just, like, relax. Because, like you said, it's only the beginning of the season. Like, they're going to figure it out. But we shouldn't micromanage a microscope all off. off, off. Over every single loss, like like it's like a game seven in the playoffs. Like, oh my god, I can't believe they lost this game. How are they going to come back in this playoff series? Like, it's not that serious. And like you said, going to the whole Instagram post thing, whatever, whatever. I I was more so annoyed <laughs> mm-hmm. to see that become such big of an issue because of social media and then the reporters having to address that, even though. And this might come off. Ignorant for me to say, but even though I don't think reporters need to put that type of time and information into that, I don't feel like there's no need to hold a press conference for that. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? There's no need to re- there's no need to request Kyle O'Quinn for that type of press conference. Now we requesting Kyle O'Quinn about how the team is playing, or where you think he can feel, where you think he can <laughs> get better, or talk about the team's bench playing. How do you think how do you think the bench can improve? Been great. But well, while wow, we spend the time talking about the Talk about, Insta- talking about, talking about, Insta- talk about Insta- uh, Instagram. Like, you saying they were straight straight Why are we not asking him about the bench and saying where can the bench get better? Mm-hmm. Where, what do you think that what do you think that y'all can do off the bench to help you know improve to take the load off of the starter? It's like stuff like that. Not giving that attention to somebody's dad saying something and the player liking it and it's oh my god like here's, blowing here's, up to something that doesn't need to be. here's, here's
1: the thing. Kylo Coin is twenty nine years old. Correct. <laughs> How are you asking a grown ass man <laughs> about the Instagram post that he likes, or what he thinks about what somebody else's fi- Trey Burke is twenty seven.
2: People looking for content. <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, we're not talking twenty two year old Furkan Korkmaz. Cor- We're not talking 20 year old Zaire Smith or 22 year old Matisse Thiebel. Right. (laughs) Kyle O'Quinn is knocking on 30. That is every bit of a grown ass man. And y'all asking him when his team is 20 and 9 about the posts that he likes on Instagram. How are you. It's frustrating. How are here's my thing. How can you talk about a team's focus and a team's ability to get up for games when you're asking them when, when when days before you're playing another playoff team, the Miami heat are good. Whether they'll be good all season is another thing, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but they are good right now. They're right up there with the, uh, the Sixers in the standings. How are we, you know, how are you I, I just don't get how you know you can this is an issue. How are you talking about you know this team's focus issues? Y'all y'all, you know, y'all focused on who he likes on Instagram. Makes women. You know, makes absolutely positively no sense to me. But 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 but, but I digress. I digress. Let me talk to you real quick. Uh, ben Simmons numbers, his numbers aren't where they were when he when the season ended. Would you say? Would you consider him struggling this year?
2: I don't know if it's so much more struggling. I probably want to say it's more so. It's just just playing with an just playing with an aggressiveness. Mm. I think that's the thing And asserting himself more into the game. And I think it's the same damn way you can say about Joel Embiid inserting himself into the game. These guys, and I think Shaq and Charles Barkley made excellent point about Embiid saying that he could be one of the best big men in the game it's just a, just asserting himself. And I feel the same way about Ben Simmons. It's about asserting yourself. It's about asserting your will onto the game and making other teams, you know, you know, leaving your mark on the game per se. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like Ben Simmons so much is doing that um this season. So I think that's probably why it looks why why it, you know, looks like that. And then again, it doesn't help where people are micromanaging and, mic- and have a microscope on every little single thing Ben Simmons does and Ben Simmons doesn't do and is blowing up on social media like last night saying, Why didn't he just go up on Kendrick Nunn? There was no way behind Kendrick Nunn. He could just bowl right over him. No, he couldn't because Kendrick to his credit clip had did great pet did a great job defending Simmons and met Simmons at the spot where Simmons was probably about to drop this. None was already there with position. So, again, it goes back to just the hyper focus lens that this team has on. It, and I'm scared to see where the hyper focus lens goes, uh, how the hyper focus lens kind of gets smaller and smaller mm-hmm. as the season goes on and when football season ends. Because once the Eagles season ends,
1: and it's all, all folks, sixes. yeah, all sixes, all
2: sixes. Real quick,
1: before uh, before I let you go, you kind of touched on Barkley and Shaq's criticism of Shaquille O'Neal. Were you completely on board with that, or because here, here's the thing, I, they weren't wrong. You know, it's not like what they said was complete BS, but I mm-hmm. thought kind of, I thought it was a little bit of piling on. Right. Because part of it to me seemed like you had a four-game schedule that Tuesday night. We're talking about the Tuesday that the uh, Sixers played the, uh, played the Nuggets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This was by far the best game of that night. They had an hour to fill for inside the NBA. Yep. And they needed something to talk about. Oh, yeah. And, on you know, because this was the marquee matchup. But the, but the problem is, it's like, okay, you know, yes. What? Embiid had, what, 22 points that night?
2: Yeah, but, I think so. Like, yeah, like 22 and 10.
1: 22 and 10. Okay. You know, that's not superstar numbers. That's not, you know, total, you know, complete imposing your will dominance. But that's still a dub. A dub (laughs) over a playoff team, a dub over a play, you know, uh, uh, over Jokic, who, uh, who many believe is one of the premier big men in the league. Not the best, but one of the, you know, a pretty decent player. So how much of that criticism, you know, I mean, how much stock should we put into it? And how much of it was, you know, like TNT needed something to talk about? They needed something to talk about little, because it I was a, little it was bit a of garbage night of basketball.
2: Right. No, I think I definitely think it was a little bit of both. I think there was, like they did, they obviously had to put, they had to, they had to have, they had to, they, had to, they had to throw some time. Like I said, it wasn't like it was an eight-game schedule or eight-game slate where they could kind of, you know, peek around and talk about this. And third, there's only four games, so you kind of limit it in your scope of what you're talking about. And in B, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, talk, Brown and B saying he just don't look, he doesn't look like he's having fun no more and the car and channel suspension and how he didn't look right after the suspension, like he didn't have love and care for the game anymore. So I think it was a little, I think it definitely was a little bit of both, but I do give him credit for how he responded before the Celtics game during that game and how he responded after the game. That's how you're supposed to do it. You're not supposed to get, cause like, like they said, he could have got angry, got upset, could have, you know, went off on them. Could have mm-hmm. went off on both of them. Yep. And would have made, made it a viral moment. would have been a viral clip, you know, Joel Embiid going off on Shaq and Charles. Da, 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 da. Almost like how LeBron sometimes takes his shots at Charles Barkley. You mm-hmm. know yep. what I'm saying? And, and, their, and their little, you know, beef. You know, Embiid could have took some shots at Charles. Saying, What's he, he hasn't won a championship. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. You know, he could have said stuff about Shaq, you know, mm-hmm. da da da. But he didn't do that. He internalized the saying, like, you know what? Maybe they're right. Maybe I do need to, you know, do this, that, and the third on the court. And then what did he do? He came out.
1: Came out and dominated.
2: Assured himself. Right. He came out and assured himself and dominated. But here's the thing that that bothers me. Because I feel like Embiid does not get the same criticism from this guys as other players. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like Shaq and Charles, you know, and maybe this is me just not watching them that much, but I don't see them criticizing Nikola Jokic like that. Mm-hmm. shoot, if we being real, I don't see no criticizing Anthony Davis about that. And Anthony Davis is a player that has legitimately said he's not going to play center. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they have no problem. And this, is the, and this thing they haven't even bothered with, and people in Chris Island and B, they get mad at him B for not playing in the post and lingering on the perimeter. But Anthony Davis lingers on the perimeter. Like, it just doesn't makes sense it's mind
1: boggling it, 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 and that's and, and and that's part of the problem where it's like okay one th- this is you know you talk about the hypercritical world that we live in whereas not only do we criticize the players not only are we critical of the players we're critical of the critics literally <laughs> you know, it's like okay well you're sitting there like okay You saw what Shaq and Charles said about Embiid. And it's like, look, man, Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there looking like, you know, what else are they going to talk about? This is the other games on the schedule that night. They had Washington at Charlotte, the Hawks and the Heat, the Knicks and the Blazers. That was your night. That was your Tuesday night lineup. Right. So, you know, you you had Philly beat. You had Philly beat Denver in a five-point game. hmm You know, so uh, so that was by far. Not only was that, you know, it was the best game of the night, but it was also, you know, mm-hmm. the two best teams of the night. So what did they do? You know they, you know, they had to be extra critical. But it was like, just like you said, you know, you're going to criticize Joel Embiid for the way that he plays when you give Anthony Davis a, a pass that night in and night out.
2: It yeah, it the, I feel like he gets more. He gets more. He gets more than, gets more than enough of a pass in my yeah. opinion, That's That's just yeah. It's, it's me.
1: Yeah, so it's like you know, so, uh, I'm not. You know, of course, what they're saying had some merit. It wasn't right. completely made up. What they said wasn't complete BS. No.
2: But in the other, just the way they went about it, yeah,
1: the, the way they went about it just was kind of shady to me. It, you know, it, it just it, there was a context. You know, in a perspective that came with it that I feel like got ignored. I think one, right. the fact that they're not they're not consistent in their criticism, like you pointed out, and two, mm-hmm. I just felt like they, you know, you know, they're they're, they're, they're you know they're throwing rocks at animals in cages. <laughs> you know, it, 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 yeah, it was, it, it, it was low hanging fruit. It, it, right. it really was. They didn't say anything very deep, and you know. But then again, you can say that about a lot of things that are being criticized, you know, especially in this. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's a rant to it. That, that's another rant to itself, man. That's another rant to itself. Hey, real quick, man, just want to say thank you, man. You know, it's always hey, a pleasure no to have you on the show.
2: Hey, thanks again.
1: All right, that is Javon Offer. Remember, you can check all his workout on the Metro Philly as well as Totalsportslive.com. We'll be right back today.
0: If you're a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know totalsportslive.com.
2: It's me. Your heart, high blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. Just treat me better. After all, we're in this together.
1: To get your high blood pressure to a healthy range, visit heart.org/bloodpressure. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad
0: Council. The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia.
1: All right, you guys. It's eighty-three until it's eighty-three till infinity. Sixes is- Sitting on 20 wins. Sitting on right now, 20 we're on 20 and counting as far as wins. But they have struggled. You know, losses to Dallas. Losses to Miami. Losses to Brooklyn. Let me bring in my man, Big From offense, defense, and discourse, Mr. Mike Jones. Mike was good, man.
0: Ah, uh, man, I'm good. How are you?
1: All right, well, look. You've been watching this basketball just like me. A lot of people with a lot of opinions. Sometimes I feel like people.
0: Uh, Of course course I have now.
1: I feel like people have been talking about the Sixers this week like they have 20 losses instead of 20 wins. I understand it's not perfect, it's far from perfect. But the thing that I've been talking about as far as the sixes, especially with people's expectations, is there are way too many people talking about, oh, this team doesn't look like a championship team. This team doesn't look like a championship team. And my answer to them is, what first-time champion has ever looked like a championship team the third week in December? When you talk about teams that have won their first championship, maybe, you know, maybe that Miami Heat team, because they were built to win maybe that boston team because once again they were built to win they were veteran veteran laden teams built to win now but when you're talking about when you like let's go back a year let's go back december of 2017 did you think toronto was going to win the championship at that point let's go back to the the warriors first championship no,
0: but that's not a, that's not a fair one the Toronto one's not a fair.
1: well. The Toronto is not a fair one because they won their championship because a, a huge factor in their championship was injuries to the injuries to the Warriors. You know, Clay was hurt, KD was exactly. hurt, but nonetheless, the fact still remains is you know the fact still remains that you didn't believe they did not look like a championship. Anything could happen in June. Anything could happen in June, and say the situation—you know—the the situation repeats itself. Say, you know, you know, hypothetically, uh, Sixers and Clippers in the championship game. Kawhi gets hurt, can't play. Paul George is underperforming. Paul George underperforms, Kawhi's hurt. Sixers are able to capitalize and win it all. Are you talking about how they looked in December? You know, is that going to come up? That's my question. My question is like, why are we expecting them to look like world beaters now? Yes, we understand the problem. But I don't think there's a problem with this Sixers team that isn't fixable. Do you agree?
0: I and see that is the ultimate question with the Sixers, and I believe that is why people react the way they do with the Sixers because some of the Sixers issues, there are legitimate questions as to whether or not they can be fixed with the current personnel. Mm hmm. Your turnover issues, your spacing issues, your outside shooting, those are issues that are likely to remain throughout the year with your current personnel. Mm-hmm. So those are actually fair questions about the Sixers and their ability to play championship basketball as constructed.
1: Now, the last time you and I talked... Now, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Make-, make your point. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you now,
0: off. I was saying, if you're talking about the Sixers and their chances to come out of the East, those still remain high. The East has more flawed teams at the top than the Western Conference does, though. If you look at the top teams in the East, you can see glaring flaws in all of them. Okay. Milwaukee does not necessarily have enough help beyond it. Boston lacks size to control rebounding defenses blocking shots, protecting the rims, post scoring, those type of things. So they're gonna be very perimeter defended dependent. And if the outside shooting struggles or a team like the Sixers have shown that their two matchups can bully them, they'll struggle. You've got a team like Milwaukee not excuse me, not Milwaukee, Miami. They have Jimmy Butler. They've been playing above expectations, but you exact you wonder exactly how much talent they really have and whether or not they truly are capable of making a push to the top. Same with Toronto. Same with Indiana. So the Eastern Conference, your top teams are flawed. And with the Sixers' flaws, you still see a very very realistic final. And that dichotomy is what causes such intense reactions from the Sixers. You're seeing a team that can very easily make a run to the final. And just as easily underachieved because of their own collection of talent. Mm-hmm. You know, let's you
1: you and I had a conversation uh, off the air a couple of weeks ago. Sixers were probably mired in, in another another bad, poor string of games. Since then, they won a couple games. Since then, they've lost a couple of games. But you had talked about. Changes that you would make to personnel, primarily ball handling, and you would suggested you would suggested at some point in time during games, maybe not the entire game, but taking Ben Simmons off the ball. Do you still feel that way?
0: At this point, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like we were talking about the Sixers issues, you still have turnover issues, you still have spacing issues, both of those fall squarely in the lap of your point guard. So, I I remember a while back, we, we had an interesting discussion about the quote-unquote evolution of Ben Simmons' game, and as a point guard, we've seen him improve, but there is still evolution that needs to be seen for him to be successful as a point guard full-time. Namely, adapting his style of play, where he's shown the ability to make shots this year when he does shoot them, but the willingness to shoot them, the thought processes going into, when do I shoot, when do I pass off, those type of things are Still there, and still hold back Simmons and the team from reaching their ultimate potential.
1: I guess when you said that to me, something I thought about was, to me, that kind of highlights what you what you lose when what this team lost when they lost Jimmy Butler. Because Jimmy Butler down the stretch last season became that guy, that de facto point guard. You know, you could keep Ben Simmons on the floor, keep that athleticism, keep that size, keep that matchup issue, keep that ma- the matchup issues that they would have trying to defend that team. Because when Jimmy Butler's bringing the ball down the court, who do you defend him with? Do you bring your small forward up and have him defend or do you defend him with your point guard? You know, either or. You bring your small forward. Then you got your point guard down on the blocks with Ben. You bring your, you know, you you bring your you bring your small, you know, you bring your point guard up, and you still got a six ten guy on your small, you know, on your small forward in the blocks who can post up. And I feel like that's kind of what's lacking that's what this team is lacking like i i i see what you're seeing as far as the development and as far as Ben Simmons play on the court and i guess i haven't been and <laughs> I, because i've been such a ben supporter and you know i've been hesitant to criticize him i guess if you know if you want to say that but nonetheless, th- there is a difference. there is a glaring difference. and I feel like that difference is Jimmy Butler's not in his lineup anymore. and although you know we haven't seen enough of Josh Richardson yet because he's you know he's battle injuries, he's been in and out of the lineup, but it just does it doesn't seem like Josh Richardson is that player is that kind of player yet. I don't see Brett Brown having the faith in Josh Richardson to run his offense through him that's not what you're you're not seeing Josh Richardson bring the ball down the court and run the offense and that's what they and that's what they miss and i've heard you know i've i've heard other names being talked about as far as going to get you know n- names like uh, like like uh like Crawford do you go out and get a Crawford another name i've heard uh brought about was maybe a maybe a Derrick Rose if Derrick Rose is, becomes available could you go out and bring him in although i like the idea i guess the my question would be is you know where do they fit and whose minutes do they take like i did, like and and also, like, what do you get? What would you give up? I I ask you, and I understand. I didn't, you know, we didn't, kind of, we kind of, we didn't really touch on this before we did the show. I'm just kind of springing this on you. I'm pulling an old Mike Jones trick. I'm just I'm just springing this on you because I want your reaction. If a Derrick Rose became available, what would you give up for him? And then two, whose minutes is he taking away? Is he taking Furkan's minutes? Is that another person taking more minutes from right, Trey my- Burke?
0: My first question, before we even get into that, yeah. where would you get a name like Derrick Rose from? I just,
1: just that's just a name I've, I've heard popped around in conversation. I'm um, just a name. But,
0: but, but, what conversation? And this is the conversation any with anyone who actually understands basketball.
1: <laughs> it's just it's it's a conversation and a name that I heard pop pop up.
0: That, no, seriously, that's a real question. Because no, 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 that, 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 that's my. That, you were just that, that. talking about the Sixers. No, hold on, let me finish. Because with the issues we're mm-hmm. talking about, the Sixers having mm-hmm. outside shooting, spacing, things like that, how exactly do you help expect Derrick Rose to help?
1: He's another shooter. He's a, and he's also someone who can handle the ball. It,
0: it, is he a shooter?
1: He's someone who can shoot. He
0: can make He's it. He's improved from his younger years as a shooter, but I I wouldn't call Derrick Rose an outside shooter or a player I truly expected to stretch the floor for me. Really? Okay. Derrick Rose is not a guy who's ever really been a true pass-first, run the offense, face the floor point guard. That's not who he is. Okay. Now, if you were to tell me Chris Paul didn't cost fifty million a year. That's a name that would work differently, mm-hmm. but he costs fifty million a year. Yeah. Derek Rose, what are you going to do with him?
1: Have him come off the bench, give you some points. To do... <laughs> but I feel like I can see your. I feel. I, I feel like I can you see want. your face right now. Usually, when we do this show, you and I are in the same. We're in the same room. I'm looking right across at you, I, I, but yet you're on the phone with me right now, and I feel like I can, I feel how you're looking right now at the phone. Yeah,
0: probably you can see, you can feel the disgust on my face, probably.
1: Because <laughs> I wanted to ruin your weekend, just like when you you, have, you put you that. Have to see it. You you put out that question earlier on Twitter. You put out a question that Ash, you know, good friend of the show, Ashley Baker had put out about who would you rather have, D. Wade or Allen Iverson? And I told you, I'm not trying to have that conversation with you. I, I didn't want to ruin my. Uh, you know, I, I don't. You know, I, I, that's not what I want. This is my revenge. I'm now trying to talk to. You. I'm now brought up Derek Rose for the uh, Philadelphia Seventy Sixes.
0: Let's see. <laughs> I actually asked a legitimate question of basketball fans: who would they rather, who would they prefer <laughs> in their prime? Uh-huh. You, you, you said, however, <laughs> are trying to to spoil my weekend with thoughts of bad basketball. Oh man, I'm not. I'm
1: I'm, I'm, I'm really not. Well, let me ask you this, because we're speaking in true. Just, just total hypothetical right now. If Derrick Rose isn't the guy you think that could help this team, who would? Give me like a, 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 a real somebody that they could get that wouldn't cost them a lot. But could help this team. And then the follow up question is whose minutes are they taking away?
0: And that's really what I'm saying, like why would I take anyone's minutes for a player who doesn't fix the issue?
1: Okay, so I'm saying who who does? Who would fix the issue? We talking Crawford. We talk you know
0: And see, that question you just asked is exactly why you hear the level of concern bordering on panic that Sixers critics tend to have when they make comments about the team. Because, what's the answer? Mm-hmm. And that in itself is why you hear the responses and comments about the fixers that you've been hearing. How do you fix it?
1: That's a good question. That's a good question. Well, you know... We will have to continue, you know, we, we will have to figure this out. But in, in the end, I I still believe that even with the struggles that they have had over the last couple of games, I don't see them being so dire that they can't, you know, they they can't fix it, they can't adjust. Like, I don't feel like the wheels are falling off. I'm not at the point where I feel like the wheels are falling off yet. But they have had some struggles. And some things need to be different, but oh man, yeah, it's. Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, all, all I'm saying is, you know, at, at this, I'm, I'm not at the panic mode yet. I'm, I'm, I'm not in panic mode yet. I still feel like, all right, this, this is a team with way more wins than they do losses, and it can be, and you know, it's not like I feel like this team was exposed, like or this team was fool's gold. But some things do need to get better, and we'll see if things will get better over the next couple of weeks. So look, Mike Mike, I want to thank you for joining me on today's show. We're gonna uh, enjoy no some problem. we're gonna enjoy some good basketball when we get back together, we'll have a we'll actually have a Christmas Day home game to have talked about, all right
0: um, looking forward to it.
1: To me now this is what third year in a row the Sixers have played on Christmas Day. That's like to me that's like the mm-hmm. best cuz I, I feel like it went too long. It went too long before the like I used to always want the, the Sixers to play on Christmas. But quite frankly they was just never good enough to get a Christmas Day game. And now they're good. Now they've had three and I'm getting spoiled. So I'm going to enjoy this. Now I love it more if they don't get cooked. I would love a win. I would, you know, I'll settle for not getting cooked. Like, I don't want to see them on Christmas Day get blown out. But, you know, this will be a, you know, the, the Christmas Day game will be a pretty good test. You know, Giannis coming to town because every, every, you know, people are ready to just uh, the crown Giannis as the greatest of all time. And if the Sixers were able to beat him on uh, beat him on Wednesday, it would be a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful all right, Mike, thanks, uh, thanks for joining me, man. No mm-hmm. All right. Once again, that has been 83 to infinity. Remember, if you got a question or comment on the show, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at B-I-T-W sports. And remember, you can download this podcast at any time on SoundCloud.com, also on Google Play, and it is also on iTunes. I will see you guys next week. Have a very happy holiday. Peace, y'all. You feeling this podcast?
0: Roller.